Hi everybody, welcome to the 100 Pounder Special Focus Meeting. My name is Rudy Q. Today is the 21st of February 2024 and I am absolutely delighted to welcome today Josh Orr. Josh um, lives all the way over in Seattle, so he started away in August 2021, originally from Indiana, but as I said, he now lives in um, Seattle. So Josh, I'm going to hand it over to you to tell your, tell your story. Thanks for coming today. Take it away, Josh. Thanks, Rita. Uh, she said, my name is Josh and I am a compulsive overeater, still learning to be grateful. And I am thankful for the opportunity to, today to share my story. Uh, this is my first 100 pounder meeting. Uh, it's something that I've been uh, thinking about uh, doing for a while. Um, so I'm happy to be here. Um, I'll start with uh, some qualification um, in my life. my I've, I've been up and down a bit, but my highest recorded weight was uh, 686 pounds. Um, I know that I was higher than that at points, but I didn't have a scale at home that would uh, go higher than that. Um, since joining OA in August of 2021, I've lost about 150 pounds. Um uh, my abstinence date is actually August 1st, 2021, um, through coming up with a definition of abstinence with my sponsor. Um, he was gracious, gracious enough to recognize that, um, my abstinence actually began before I joined OA. And I, I don't talk about that a whole lot because I'm, it still makes me a little bit uncomfortable to say that, um, something I didn't know about. Um, started before, um, or something uh, started before I even knew about it. Um, uh, but that was that was his wisdom, not not mine. Your disease may not present like mine, and your recovery may not look like mine. But I hope something I say this morning will be helpful to you, uh, that you may hear your higher power speak through my words. Um, I've written most of this out. Uh, I have a tendency to get pretty nervous uh, around public speaking. So uh, if it sounds like I'm reading, uh, that's because I am. Uh, I don't think I was born a compulsive overeater, uh, but my dad put me on my first diet and exercise program when I was in the fourth grade. Uh, it was relatively successful, largely because someone else was managing it. Uh, as with subsequent attempts to lose weight prior to joining OA, it was only a physical recovery. I believed that if I reached a healthy weight, my life would magically be better. It was painful to discover that physical recovery alone wasn't enough. It was demoralizing to learn this lesson with each successive attempt to control my weight. Somewhere along the way, I incorporated a core belief about myself. I'm just not good enough. This belief has two supporting pieces of evidence. In all interactions with other people, I'm either not enough or I'm too much. I'm either not enough or I'm too much. My solution to the, to the feelings that accompany those thoughts disappear. I isolate from other people. If I don't interact with anyone, I can't let them down by not being enough. 
and I can never be too much. Now, I can't completely avoid other people, and I can't avoid myself, so this solution isn't complete. And food to the rescue. Food can further disqualify me from other people's lives by being overweight. Food can also help me dissociate and avoid my own thoughts. Food gave me something to anticipate and focus on. Food distracted me from my life. And the result, I never grew up. I didn't learn to understand and process my emotions. I didn't learn to relate to other, other people or even to myself. I learned to see mistakes and, failure, and failures as more evidence of something wrong with me. Uh, these ideas are echoed in step one of the OA 12 and 12, where it says, we procrastinated, we hid, and we ate. It also says, Thank you. Uh, it also says we hid from our pain by eating compulsively. So we didn't learn from our mistakes. We never grew up. Um, I, I often feel like this program is teaching me how to be an adult. Um, which is sometimes shameful, um, but ultimately healing. So what happened? At the beginning of the pandemic, I was already struggling. I had been putting on weight after a several year period of weight loss and maintenance. Um, uh, to be clear about that, uh, in 2012, when I went to the doctor, I was 686 pounds. Uh, and over a two-year period, uh, through changes in diet and exercise, I lost uh, about 420 pounds. Um, it was it was a great feeling, but it didn't uh, it didn't really fix anything. Um, uh, at any rate, uh, I put a lot of that weight back on, um, and I said at the beginning of the the pandemic pandemic, I was already struggling. And I was in a stale relationship and I used the pandemic as an excuse to begin isolating and fall even deeper into my disease. My girlfriend had been suggesting OA for months before I began to consider it. It's no, co it's no coincidence that I went to my first meeting the same day she told me she was considering breaking up with me if I didn't get some help. I knew I couldn't maintain any weight loss on my own so I thought maybe a support group could help me. I couldn't see it then, but I understand now that I cannot have the life I want without physical, emotional, and spiritual recovery. Weight loss alone isn't enough for me. I found what became my home meeting within a couple of weeks of attending that first meeting, and I found a sponsor there shortly after that. My girlfriend broke up with me, but I kept coming back. I started working the steps with my sponsor and I wrote, I wrote about everything. With my sponsor's help, I found my HP and after making a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of that HP, my spiritual recovery truly started. I started to care more about what my HP thought about me than what anyone else, especially myself, thought. That began to unwind that core belief about myself that I'm not good enough. So my new core beliefs, 
I am always more than enough for my HP. I am never too much for my HP. I am good enough for my HP and there's nothing I can do to change that. I am always more than enough for my HP. I am never too much for my HP. And I am good enough for my HP and there's nothing I can do to change that. Those three statements are part of my understanding of my HP. I don't know how this process works, but I don't have to. So what it's like now. Today, I'm working on step 12. I began to make steps four through nine my way of life by living step 10. And this still seems pretty daunting to me. I mean, it, it took me about a year and a half to do steps through four through nine once. So the idea of doing them regular, regularly or even on a daily basis seems like a lot. Um, but I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I just need to trust the process. In step 11, my attention turned to prayer and meditation. I start each day with prayer. My disease starts talking to me almost immediately after I wake up. 20 minutes, um, John. Thank you. Um, I, it, it's, it's kind of amazing that almost as soon as I am conscious, uh, my, my disease starts rambling at me. And if I don't pray before I start my day, I give my disease a head start, and it is very difficult to catch up. I also try to connect with steps one through three before I get out of bed every day. I am powerless over food and my life has become unmanageable. There is a power greater than me that can restore me to sanity. I've made a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of that power. Making this connection helps me seek the treatment I need for my disease. Again, this echoes step one of the OA 12 and 12, which says denial of the truth leads to destruction. Only an honest admission to ourselves of the reality of our condition can save us from our destructive eating. Service is an important part of my recovery. It gives me a sense of usefulness, even when I don't know what I'm doing which reminds me that my HP uses services, service in ways I can't imagine. It's teaching me to just trust the process. Uh, last year, I was the intergroup rep and treasurer for my home group. Uh, and that gave me insight into OA beyond the group level. Uh, and I am very grateful for the service and assistance my intergroup gives to the meetings it supports. I continue to do service by speaking and taking on service roles in my home group and other meetings. A little over a year ago, uh, my sponsor encouraged me to start sponsoring others. Uh, I have uh, two uh, sponsees right now and I've worked with, with a few others. Um, unfortunately, uh, not everyone who reaches out uh, uh, starts working the steps and even those who start uh, don't continue. So I'm grateful for those who uh, continue working the steps with me 
and I am honored that they would choose me uh, to be a loving witness uh, to their recovery. Uh, I know that I learn much more from my sponsees than they could possibly learn from me. Um, I didn't understand that when my sponsor would tell me uh, how grateful he was for me and what he was learning from me. I, I, I couldn't have understood that until uh, I started working with sponsees. Um, having a sponsor was difficult for me in the beginning. Um, I have a tendency to either want to be in completely in control or be completely controlled. Uh, so sponsorship uh, is helping me learn to be teachable, uh, to learn balance between uh, authority, trust, uh, and autonomy. Uh, and, and that has impacted uh, a lot of my relationships, especially at work, uh, of learning uh, about that balance uh, of working with an authority, um, but not being completely controlled by it. For me, this, this program is, is very simple, but it's not easy. I write a lot. I write about everything. As you can tell, writing is my favorite tool. Um, and I can wrap up with this. Find a sponsor, work the steps, keep coming back no matter what. Please don't leave before the miracle happens for you. If I can have a spiritual transformation, so can you. I can talk a lot about, about weight loss. Um, as I said, at one point in my life, uh, I lost over 400 pounds. Uh, and in this program, I've lost uh, now about 150. And I have uh, just about the same amount to lose. Um, but it's not about the weight loss for me that has become a byproduct of spiritual recovery. I can't have the life that I want without my spiritual recovery, without my connection to my higher power. What I like to ask people when I share is what core beliefs are hindering your recovery? What would your life look like without those beliefs? How does your program address those core beliefs? And if you don't resonate with those questions, um, how about this? What is blocking your recovery today? I know that may have been uh, short for this meeting, but uh, uh, that's what I have. So thank you for allowing me to speak. I hope something I said today was helpful to you. Josh, thanks a million. You certainly weren't sleepless in Seattle today. So thank you so, so much. I'm just gonna read out a little paragraph of the big book. Burn the ideas, page 98. Burn the idea into the consciousness of every man and woman that he can get well regardless of anyone. The only condition is that he trusted God and clean house. 